Sweet. All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Up Like Minds video podcast, episode 11. Got a special guest today, Michael Carrion, uh, newly found father, married, musician, artist, my cousin. Love you very much, Michael. Thank you for coming on today. Hey, thank you for having me. So, uh, Michael, first and foremost, uh, I know a lot of people in, in our community know you as, um, you know, MC Carrion 89 and you do <laughs> music. And so if you can just kind of talk about how you even got into music in the first place? Hmm. Uh, let's see. I always played music because uh, I grew up with a piano in the house. Um, so I kind of just dabbled on the piano for most of my life. But after, I would say like senior year, I started kind of like not knowing what to do. I didn't go to like straight up college. I kind of just screwed around it community college and um really saw music as like a i don't know kind of just a way to bring friends together and then uh after i realized that like people kind of actually dug the stuff that i was doing i would decided to do it more full-time and kind of just forget about school um so yeah youtube was the platform back in like 2009 and 10 and um, back then, it was kind of really just only Asians in California and <laughs> the rest of the states that I feel like we're doing that YouTube things, but those YouTube things. But now it's kind of feels like a super saturated market. Anyways, after I did the whole YouTube thing, we got to play shows all over the world. And, and um, that was that was really cool to be doing that and still making you know enough money to keep doing it. Um, at that age um, and um, it kind of shifted over from wanting to do music full-time to like damn I kind of need to be seeing what's up with my career and my life <laughs> yeah. um, you know if, uh, if if I was going to start life at a certain age I needed to make a certain amount of money and music obviously was not like the easiest place to do that but I started focusing less on music and more on how I was going to provide for a family one day. Got a few jobs here and there, moved around um, up to San Francisco and then back down to San Diego. And then Spotify and iTunes and all of those uh, platforms were still around. My music was still up there and I feel like random algorithms and stuff just put it in the hands of more people especially um especially in korea um and i don't know some of the music just took off even after you know five to ten years of having wrote them so even to this day um married uh, with a kid on the way i'm um, still doing music even though i kind of have a back and forth love hate relationship <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely and I feel similarly with dance and that's what I love is that I can always talk to you about that I think just kind of going back to the beginning of your journey I remember uh I remember your mom had talked about when you first put the you first started going on YouTube that you you and Jackie would also talk about like how you'd always do the videos like when no one else is at home so if you can just talk about like when you first started posting videos and if you can even like go back to that time and like like being like what was the mindset of just putting it out there and having that courage to just do that and sharing your art? I remember I got a laptop. It was like a brick. It was huge. <laughs> it was, I think it was a Sony Vio. Oh, yeah. But like, it had a camera on it and I started playing the ukulele a lot at that time because it was mm -hmm. like so much easier than guitar. <laughs> and... Um, I don't know. It was just a way to put things on YouTube. I remember I asked for Christmas, one of those big flip cameras. This like, at the time it was small as hell. It was like, at the time I was like, Oh my God, the Sony flip. It was, a, was it the Sony also? I think so. The flip cam. I just know it was a flip cam and it had like the USB plug on the side. <laughs> yeah. And you just, anyways, I got one of those and it was just like, hell yeah. We're about to make videos and practice a song for like a whole day and then try to record it and it would take like hours 
<laughs> it just like never sounds good as it does in your head. And then you finally gather up the courage to post it. And then, you know, 10 views and you're like, hell yeah, 10 views, even though you were like five of them. <laughs> and then one day she got like a hundred views and just like, dude, hundred views. And then, I don't know, for everyone, it kind of just blows up. So like today, I bet you got dancing videos with a million views on it. And it's like not even a big deal. <laughs> you know Do you remember um, when you were doing that and you started posting on YouTube? Um, well, what was the first video that you posted? Was it buy you a drink? I forget what exactly was yeah. the first video. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and that was before the hair was going out. So you were still shaved. You had the clean. I had a tail. Yeah, you had a tail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, that, I think I think it was T-Pain shot A. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude, that was just the vibe. It was just like, oh, no, I still fucks with T-Pain to today. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, you, you go from these 10 views to 100 views, and you just start posting, posting, posting on YouTube, and then I know, you know, eventually down the line, you got to, meet and network with uh, people that were also in that same industry so if you can just talk a little bit about how you met like you know each of those people that you met um in the music industry that are some of your closest friends to this day oh dude okay so the first thing i have to mention is capadar mm -hmm. you know capadar we all know capadar yeah. vocal powerhouse capadar <laughs> from here in mesa <laughs> uh my high school friends were Cat's high school friends, and so me and Cat became high school friends. I didn't sing. I didn't even sing at the time. I just loved to play music and be around music. Then I would always just play for Cat, and Cat would be singing. And then I was like, oh, maybe I could just like do the chorus with you or something. <laughs> <laughs> or like, maybe I could learn harmonies so that we could, you know, do that too. I started singing. A little bit more and more and more and being comfortable only because of her she would say yeah you should take this you should take this first and i'd be like the fuck? <laughs> okay yeah and then i don't know i guess i just started liking to sing more and more i guess i guess when you get over like oh i'm scared of how i sound or how people think i sound once you get over that like the nervous and the anxiety of like oh dude i probably suck but i don't want anyone to hear that i suck mm. Once you get over that, then I feel like singing would probably be your favorite thing to do also, or like one of them. Do you sing in the shower? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> fire. <laughs> right. only, only fire bars in the shower. <laughs> right. But yeah, so um, me and Kat entered uh, one of AJ Raphael's uh, YouTube contests. That's right. Yeah, okay. so you, okay. It yeah. was, uh, I just want you. He wrote a song, said, uh, cover, anybody cover it. So Kat and I were like, oh, hell yeah. Filipino pride. We sang that shit on a magic mic. Nobody did that. That was like <laughs> revolutionary. No, I don't know if people did that or not, but we did it on a magic mic and, and she's good. Obviously all I had to do was figure out like the chords on ukulele. It was like not even hard. Yeah. But so she, she did all the work basically. And we made the video, posted it and we won. So AJ was like, here, I think we won. I don't even know. It was like, like a CD. It was like, we want a CD. <laughs> like, and we had to scoop it up in LA. <laughs> so I was like, hell yeah, as long as we get to meet AJ. And he was like, yeah, all the, all the, all the crew is going to be there. So those were all like kind of like low-key celebrities in our eyes. Yeah. Like Andrew Garcia, Kathy Nguyen, Randolph Pamejo, wow. AJ Raphael, and, uh, you know, obviously Jesse Barrera, even though he was mm -hmm. in San Diego. Was it everyone uh, at once that you met them all at once when you made that trip up there? Or? I think I think it was Gabe Bondock and Lydia Peck and mm. AJ and Kathy and Randolph. It was just a show in the middle everyone, of like, yeah. it was in the middle of a mall or something like that. It was like, I think it was outside of Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't really even remember, but, but that was about 2000. I don't know, at least know, like a decade ago. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I still fucking hang out with all those people and talk to them. And, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff you you get today is like kind of just catching up on Instagram or whatnot. But yeah, 
we be commenting and liking, <laughs> hella liking this shit. Especially with this pandemic, it's kind of hard to be seeing people catching up. No, absolutely. I mean, and for those people, when you met them, were you following most of them and kind of already inspired by them? Or was that kind of your first like introduction to most of those people? Oh, uh, dude, we was we was fangirling. Me and Kat was fangirling from the side for like <laughs> whenever we'd post a video and they would like comment on it. Oh, like cool, it'd be a big deal. So when we knew, I mean, who would go to pick up a CD? It's like your prize. <laughs> like if you was like if you won the lottery, like scratcher, and it said like you got a CD that you got to pick up in LA. We're like, nah, dude. We didn't give a fuck about the contest. It was more about we were gonna get to meet them when we grabbed yeah. CD. But then he was like, hey want to go eat mm. and me and Kat were like yeah we want to eat with you <laughs> and uh i don't know i think a couple a couple shows and parties and gatherings and years later and we were all just like kind of like best friends basically yeah no absolutely and i mean just going back to youtube you you started doing most of the stuff you're doing in the beginning were covers and then you started to do your own originals and yeah. kind of, kind of start kind of talk, uh, talk about that transition and just like putting your own words and your own emotions and expressing that to like literally the world. I was a weird young boy and I really liked poetry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I can't, I couldn't read books like, but I could read poetry mm. anyways. But then, and then also of course, like the whole, kind of like hip-hop influence that poetry brings right. you know like growing up and during the days of like eminem mm -hmm. and like knowing the that was like sick wouldn't you just like be like i don't know in eighth grade hella freestyling yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like we were just like someone would start beatboxing at the party yeah. or something and so yeah I, I, I loved i loved to uh i loved poetry and then i was like oh dude all i have to do is just like connect playing guitar or playing piano uh with the things with the with the poetry the lines and then like make the notes go up and down and then so i started thinking about what people wanted to hear songs about and basically it's anything they can relate to yeah and so to this day all i do is that i just kind of write words and put them together to make a song and then try to record it and then I try to sing it. But the key is definitely writing something that people can relate to. I feel like that's one thing I'll mm. always do or try to do. No, absolutely. And I, what was the first, what was the first single, the original that you released? Can you recall back to that? You and I. It was you and I. So that was with <laughs> you, it was uh, you, Cabadar and Jesse, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, and that that's still today for those uh you guys are tuning in and listening um that's probably one of the more popular songs that you've that you've ever done and so if you can just talk about the the meaning of that because that one really blew up and i remember watching that from afar and being like whoa like michael's michael's say blew up <laughs> like it was on myspace music dude <laughs> I don't know. We didn't have any of this stuff we have today at, at that time. Like the the hype was like MySpace music. Like, I mean, obviously you stole all your music from like with like Napster and Kazaa and LimeWire, mm -hmm. but like, but uh, wait, well, so yeah, it was my oh, yeah yeah. <laughs> I was to say. <laughs> it was MySpace music. It was like that was how you could share your music. People also had like. I think it was SoundClick mm -hmm. or Asian Avenue. I don't know. I yeah. Don't know it... <laughs> <laughs> so this, yeah, this your your first single, you and I, that you you release. Um, you start getting a lot of love and feedback, and if you can just talk about like what that's like. And I think, you know, we're as an artist, you're doing things mostly for yourself and because it's what you enjoy. But there's got to be a great feeling to be so well received from your following and, and the public. Yeah. 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 I got so caught up in like kind of feeling like originals were the way to go because I feel like it's harder to do than to do a cover. So I was like, dude, I'm not even that good at singing. So like, why, why am I going to only focus on covers? I'm not even that good at singing. But if I could, if I could write something good, 
people might respect the originality of maybe focus more on what I was saying rather than mm. how I was singing it. But yeah, so I wrote songs from experience like high school breakups or just anything that you know somebody would have been through at this point in their uh, uh, life. And You and I was, you know, straight up being about, I don't know, like you, oh yeah, you, one of your exes is just like still, still friends with all your homies. And so like, you know that you're going to see each other like at some point or maybe even all the fucking time after that. But it was like at the same place at the same time. (laughs) It was like, damn, I haven't, I've been, I've been thinking about this day. The first time you see them after breaking up. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. So yeah, that was just a story. But to have people that I looked up to say, "Hey, that's a good song. You should, you should write another one, or you should keep mm-hmm. going." Or I just, I can't wait for what's next. That's all. That stuff has uh, kept me writing songs. You know, how many years later? Mm-hmm. Like I was just writing songs like today. Yeah, so that was something I actually just learned that it was something that I was going to do forever. And it wasn't until I was already out, out done with over college. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. you're talking about how, oh, I want to do a podcast. It was like, fuck yeah, dude, you're young as fuck. You should, you should do, you know, like, yeah. when are you going to do it if you don't do it? Absolutely. But I was, yeah, people think that it's too late to do this. It's not. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I didn't even know that I wanted to sing until I was like 20 or 19. Yeah. Like that. No, definitely. And so you're writing you and I, you get this encouragement to, to write more. And so if you can just talk about your first album, I believe that was Love Adolescent, right? That was the first full length album. So what was that like? You, I mean, it goes from, you know, you're building from covers, you're going to writing originals. Now you're, you literally full on produce this whole album. And I think, um, I think you worked with Jesse on this. Is that correct? Yes. So what was that what was that process like? One, working with someone you really looked up to, but two, just really creating something that is truly and fully your own. If you can just take us through that whole process. This could basically be like a whole Jesse Barrera segment, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I had written, 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 a bunch of songs. I had done a bunch of shows with Jesse usually being at a ton of the same shows on the same bill. And so we hung out a lot. We were both in San Diego. One day he tweeted and was like, anybody want to come over and jam? And me and Kat were like, yeah. (laughs) Fucking texted us to Addy. (laughs) And we rolled up and we, we just meshed, I guess. Started out as like, that'd be weird today. Like just meeting up with somebody like anybody come to my house, <laughs> but I don't know, I guess it was weirder and safer back then. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, we, uh, we, yeah, we just become kind of did everything together after that. Like we would obviously do all the shows and play music. And then it kind of turned into being like, dude, I got all these songs. You got your little studio, you need, you know, you did a couple of records. Let's do it for me. I want to do music. And uh, we've been brothers ever since that. Uh, we actually worked on every single song I think I've ever put out. Um, but so, yeah, we did Love Adolescence together um, alongside. It was kind of like a three producer thing. Mm-hmm. There's also a producer by the name of Jaybird and another producer by the name mm-hmm. of Esta. Yes. So Jaybird and Esta were huge on that album as well. But Jesse just transcends across my entire music uh, career. Yeah. So Love Adolescent, he did the vocals and a lot of the instrumentation. And, uh, you know, we he moved to LA. He's doing more studio work over there. I was just over there recording with him a few months ago before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I'm still waiting to go back. Yeah. And um, we talk all the time. And he's, he was the best man at my wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so it's really cool to still be making music with him up to this day. No, absolutely. And I, I don't know, if, I don't remember if, uh, I remember at the time too, not only were you doing, putting out music and writing originals and so on and so forth, but you were kind of, even at a time, I remember doing vlogs and kind of giving glimpses to the, that process. And I think, I think you had, I don't know if you guys moved into, like, you went, like, I mean, the commitment to it was something that I really just was in awe of because, 
I remember that. I think I don't know if you moved in or you guys were. Like I know exactly. Just, just what work. You're you know about, what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. So we can talk a little bit about that, like that commitment to just creating and that commitment yeah. to producing. What was it? Okay, so he, I don't know. Life be crazy, <laughs> <laughs> and whatever for whatever reason, I had in my bedroom of my mom's house uh-huh. all three of our. Uh, all three of our studios in one one place at the same time it was really for not even anything really important or for any reason we was just like let's do it but yeah jesse brought all this stuff over and i shot i did shoot a bunch of videos is that what you're talking about the carry on tv yeah a little bit of that but just yeah even just showing insight to the process of it but like what that was like like that commitment to just putting all the studio like all the equipment in like to one space and like making that like your workspace too yeah is i don't know it it's important to have a good workspace um and i don't know people don't even know what we're talking about yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying because it's like you and me but if i was like for somebody listening i guess it would be it, the importance of it would be basically we wanted to make music together and so we just spent an entire day setting up like our ultimate music room that we could and then we just spent the entire time making music in that room uh so i guess if i were to try to relate that to like something really cool for like a listener to be like that's <laughs> cool it would basically be uh now with that being such a long time ago and uh we uh just genuinely loved doing that and and, and you can get so caught up in like life and its uh, pressures that you kind of forget about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And um, it, it all goes back to just having fun and love loving it that much. I know Kevin's been dancing since he was like, I think he was still in diapers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if he just loved dancing and he danced and, and I was like, what the hell, dancing? It was like, what are you, an NSYNC member? <laughs> I remember thinking about all this stuff, but you you do it. and. I still see you killing it to this day, which is just goes back to me and Jesse. Um, you know, just last night we we're having a conversation. We're still doing it. And even though we've come back and gone and gone through all that bullshit that life be making you go through, we still just doing it. And it's because it's fun and we love it. Mm. Um, I see a lot of it, like so much of the coolness factor that goes into music. Now that stuff, like we all want to be cool. But it's it's not it's not as about that as I guess I would want it to be. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that I think that really just like kind of comes out through your music and through the persona and that what I've known you and that for those that do know you, um, which is awesome. Um, now going from back to YouTube and that was kind of really a big marketing tool for you, which was awesome. Um, I know that you were able to travel, and you got a lot of notoriety, you know, from your music. And I know you had a couple trips to to Vienna, Austria, and maybe some other places you can speak about. But if you can just talk about those traveling opportunities, because that's the dream, right? The dream is to, to travel and to do what you yeah. love. And you really did that. And so just shed some light on I that. know. I remember taking shows. If I said, if you take if you pay for my fight to go wherever you want me to play at, I'll do it. I wouldn't even need to get like any money. Just like the traveling was enough of like a payment for me because I was at, I was in a phase where it's like, Oh hell yeah! I'm just gonna travel and do music. Like that's that's like, that's what I want to do. Even if it was like hard to make money, it was just the most. I guess it 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 made me feel successful in that I was not getting money success, but experience success. Mm. So um, traveling was a huge part of the deal. That's why I loved it so much. Um, the first place I went to outside of the country. Uh, well, I think there was Hawaii, which kind of counts, but doesn't really. <laughs> awesome show. But then it was uh, Vienna, Vienna, Austria. Yeah, that was uh, my first uh, international uh, gig. And um, it was it was it was so much fun playing that show that I think we did it again a year or two later and uh, ran it back. Um, but Going to Vienna, Austria, I think the dopest thing was the people that I met there. It's crazy. You would never think in Vienna, Austria, you, what do you think of? Like German movies and stuff? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
but I went over there and it was just like, there's hella Filipinos over there. Mm. It was like, what the hell? There's, there's Filipinos in Vienna, Austria, and they all <laughs> speak, dude, they have like, you know how, okay, what would you call, you know how we have Tanglish? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> your mama be talking to you in half English, half Tagalog. Yeah. But over there, they had like, Germanolog. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. but then there was also with English too. Wow. Anyways, yeah, crazy to see uh, Filipinos speaking German, but that was just what they all were. And they're all light-skinned. <laughs> most of them are all light-skinned. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but um, yeah, I uh, we partied. I think part of my persona is like, we fucking party. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened in my music career, but for whatever reason, people think I'm like the fucking hardest partier. <laughs> at, the, at the spot and so i guess like i guess i kind of just like slowly had to live live up to that name the entire yeah time. it's so stupid like, <laughs> but anyways people love partying together people yeah. share like talk about those moments that you share together partying so after after the show what's the, what's after the show yeah <laughs> it's the after party what's after the after party it's like oh no it's like a fucking <laughs> 90s hip-hop song <laughs> But uh, yeah, we would we would drink, and I was already out of the country, so it was already fun. And I would even sleep at like just the homie's house on the couch, not even like have a hotel room at that time. Yeah, um, because and they would just cook. We would they would just basically be like the the best the best uh, hosts ever. Mm. And that was a. Um, Brian Salonga in uh, Vienna. Thank you. Loved love you and your family. Shout out to Leia too. Yeah, dude, they took care of me. I felt like I didn't want to come back to America because like, <laughs> I had this Filipino family that was just like from the opposite side of the world, and they just took care of me. I felt like I, I felt like I had like gotten fifteen years of love in just like the two weeks that I started. I, I extended a week. Oh, <laughs> My flight. I was like, yo, I'm not really even trying to go back to America. They're like, well, it'll only be like this much if you want to stay for another week. And I was like, do it. Damn yeah that's crazy that's wild well i mean even just that's an amazing experience and especially to be one of the first but if you can actually even just if you remember like what it was like just well first of all what it was like when you first got that like that contact when they just reached out to you and wanted to bring you out like what was that like because that's got to be like major (laughs) like you almost (laughs) don't believe it (laughs) yeah i was like is this legit (laughs) i still get emails today i'm just like is this legit I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Just delete it. But no, they were just like, hey, we're Filipino. We live in Vienna, Austria. We, you know, what's up with your booking details? I was like, dude, no fucking way. And someone in Vienna, Austria wants to fly me over there and sing some songs. And um, it it did. And then it, it, uh, it kind of continued to happen with like other places. And uh, obviously got to, we got to Korea which mm. is like another probably milestone cap for me. They've just got crazy support out there. I don't know. I, I think they just like, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, I don't mean it to be offensive, but I think they love corny love songs. Mm. That's, that sounds bad, but it's not, it's good. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. They love the simple songs that, that just, I don't know. I, I got, I get caught up in trying to like write crazy things but it's just like that you know what i'm saying just like yeah. that people really love it's just that swerve i don't know yeah but korea loves korea loves that that shit and i'm i'm happy that they do because i like to write songs like that uh-huh was that the was that <clears throat> before the second time in austria when you went to korea or when when did that exactly happen i think i went to austria twice and then i went to korea after that mm. um and then, yeah, I did the show in Korea, and uh, Korea is probably like, <clears throat> I've got to say San Diego, because I'm like SD pride. So, like, <laughs> if I didn't have to pick my favorite city outside of uh, my own, it would probably be Seoul, Seoul, Korea. Wow. Because, like, that shit's just cracking. I don't know. It's hard to explain. No, There's, like, a Korean takeover kind of happening right now with like the k-dramas and the, the food and the fucking mukbangs they just like yeah. on it they yeah. just like they just be on it dude people want to be korean people love it 
Well, I remember you telling me when, when you and Casey, and for those of you that are tuning in, that's, that's Michael's wife, but um, when you guys had went there, you, you had talked about like everyone just being so well-dressed and so proper and everything just being so like, it's all about the look. And just, I remember you saying like, I'm over here just being me and full on stash and going out the ponytail <laughs> and just that contrast. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Okay. From, from the moment that I left or from the moment that I arrived on plane to the moment I left, I did not see one man without with with facial hair or long hair and so like i came over there and i had not shaved for like like months (laughs) and and my hair was like i don't know if you guys know troy polamalu but that's how it was at that time and uh yeah i i was they looked at me like an alien over there (laughs) but because they were all like clean with like their haircuts done and like perfect skin with like even the boys be rocking makeup it was just like the whole deal and uh even down to their babies i don't know like i if you're cruising down san diego you'd see everyone and it's not like this everyone over there is like it's like they're all ceos or some shit (laughs) (laughs) like they just got the pea coats and and they get all the seasons like crazy so they you know they get to layer up and they just I don't know. I feel like in San Diego, we don't even wear that much clothes. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like hot and I can't, I can't wear like, you know, a sweater underneath the cardigan on top right. of like a turtleneck, but they just, I don't know. They got the autumn fashion down. Um, over here was just, you know, maybe some like flip flops and shorts, <laughs> <laughs> even their babies over there, blazers, pea coats, leather jackets with the chucks, like, I still, the babies over there got more swag than like all these cats out here in California. <laughs> That's freaking wild. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I it's it's fun going over there. Um, I guess back to the music though. Uh, the hard thing though is that the crowd they kind of like are a little bit difficult in San Diego. Everyone's usually drinking or smoking and everyone's like already having a good time it's easy to get with that kind of yeah, crowd yeah. that vibe is just like yo we in sd we're gonna get fucked up and it's gonna be <laughs> fun and my homies playing music and there's like girls everywhere it's easy to do that but then over there when it was just like imagine like i don't know it almost seemed like everyone was wearing the same outfit <laughs> and everyone was just doing this the whole time Oh that, my. <laughs> yeah, it was like they just—they're enjoying it. I—I I give you—I know for a fact they like the shit, it, but you know, it, it's hard to get with that. It's hard to get with that, especially when you want to be active, lively on stage. You—you you, you know, you, some some of these shows that I've I've normally done, everyone's screaming the lyrics. Yeah. Um, it's like you know, I don't know, Jesse shows. There was people jumping off the fucking ceiling and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, over that, that was tough. That's <laughs> almost, a, almost a metronome. Just yeah, like I don't know. It just made me very self-conscious because it's not mm-hmm. like over like in a crowd. You know, people might not even be paying attention to you and just like enjoying the moment, dancing, mm-hmm. drinking, talking to someone else, even. <clears throat> but over there, it was just like, have you seen that video of the owls? <laughs> All the owls are just like looking at you and they're just bobbing a little bit oh my god it's intimidating yeah i've had some bad shows in like in america where there's like 10 people and i was that's that was actually dope (laughs) but that was even harder to do that that bunch in korea yeah so hey koreans if you're watching this (laughs) you can show show the performance on love and like be jumping and shit no absolutely i mean i the crowd i mean that's that's something i never you know really thought about till now is the crowd energy is has so much influence on the performer whether it's on the dance space or the music space and i think that's just like that can completely like enhance your performance or completely like get you to start thinking like what the fuck am i doing like start yeah. guessing yourself it's crazy um i know i know a big thing michael is that currently now that i, I know you've kind of done um you've kind of steered away a little bit or there was a period where you kind of steered away from, from writing originals um, and, and you were starting to write for other people. 
Um, I don't know if you're still doing that or if you can even just talk a little bit about that. And I think you're kind of writing for people overseas too, right? You know what? It's been, it's, I mean, yeah, I've written songs the whole time. Like I, I keep saying, I was, I'm not really that good of a singer. <laughs> like newsflash. <laughs> but I love, I love writing the songs. And if it was up to me, I would write songs for other people and just kind of like not have to be in front of the camera and the limelight and whatnot. But you can only, you know, show the world your songs if someone sings them. And uh, so, I mean, I'm not active in trying to be like, yo, I wrote the song, you should sing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but <laughs> that's just, I don't know, it's hard to flow like that. But so I guess all I can do is just write songs. And um, maybe if somehow somebody hits me up, it's like, yo, let's write. Of course, I'd, I'd love to write. But I think the best way for me to showcase my writing is by singing it. And if, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, on stage and, grabbing the mic and doing all that stuff is how I can get my songs out. Probably those might be the bridge to being able to be, you know, a songwriter. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm a songwriter that can hold a tune or hold a, a note mm. um, more so than like a singer that writes his own music. Mm. So I'm kind of, I guess I'm, I'm the goal. I'm using it as a uh, 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 an uh, 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 entrance towards that um, world of songwriting. So, yeah, if anybody is watching and wants to write, or if you want me to just like write a song, I would I would love to just write more often mm. and, and in different ways. I love that. You um. I think a thing that a lot of artists and a lot of people don't realize about artists is that there's a lot of work that goes before the final product. And I think, um, and speak about this if you can, but there's a lot of work that I've created that has never seen the light of day. And so talking about constantly writing and, and, and you just enjoy that. Um, what's it been like, just like when you create and you don't put it out, like when it's just for yourself, like well, how, how much of that exists and then how much of that are we ever going to see? Or is it something more so just for you? Or what's your relationship with music right now in that sense? I, so when I think of writing, I think of like legitimately just like literally writing. You know, like I feel like writing is important. So there's songwriting and I do a bunch of that. But I also just believe in writing. I don't really like to do notes on my phone. Um, or use the stickies on my laptop as much as I like to buy packs of stickies and put them everywhere. Mm. Um, I write most of my songs on like ripped up random pieces. I don't know. I just like to physically write. And um, I, I have books. I mean, whenever I think of a thought, and it's like, oh, dude, that's worth remembering because you will forget. 100,000% you will forget. And I've put myself to this test. And if there's something else like, oh, you should write that down. You should. Because yeah. I, I, I just imagine the songs that I didn't write down. I'm just like, mm. yo, you got to write it down. But I've probably got, I don't know. I mean, okay, so I'm writing for an album i'm gonna put out an album yes we're just gonna guess but yes in the future mm -hmm. <laughs> but i don't know I've, I've released around i think like 20 songs only but there's probably like i don't know maybe i've written a total of like 100 in my life mm -hmm. and wow. um there are there uh some of them are all like even released and hard to see platforms from like the early 2000s that no one even knows about there's music oh. that yeah there's music that like people didn't even know is out into the world but it was like through you know if you search you'll find some weird stuff <laughs> <laughs> some weird weird old things that you would never think to be on my spotify or whatever yeah well there's something to be said about you talked about 
that physicality and just writing stuff down. Uh, I think especially in the digital age, it's so much more convenient to, to kind of put it in your, and I use my notepad a lot. I'm a big fan of that, but yeah. what is that like for, for you as a creative and as an artist to physically, when you're just writing and you have that on a piece of paper, like you said, the sticky notes, um, like what is that? Does that, does that make it feel different? Does that make, how does that like stir creative process for you? Dude. I'm a list maker. I fucking make lists. <laughs> so I may make I make so many lists. But it okay. Today I would probably oh, it's a Sunday. See what's up. Brush the teeth. And then I'd make a list. And on that list, it's like all the things that I think I can get done today, I should get done today. Some mm-hmm. of it being like feed the dog. <laughs> and some of it being like work on this verse or mm. play guitar for 20 minutes. And then as I do them throughout the day, I just cross them off. I'll even, I'll even show you one. I just have a list right here. Yeah. Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. <laughs> Those of you that are tuning in to the of like minds pod video podcast is episode 11 with Dude, Michael Carrion. You're going to laugh when you see this shit. Oh man. Show us, show us, show us. So, this is an envelope that was on my, uh, <laughs> this is an envelope that was just on my kitchen table. Here's, here's an example of a very normal thing right here. All right, go ahead. I don't know if you can see it, but the stars are the things that have crossed off the list. Nice. That's Clean the car, prepare a box to send to Korea, water the plants, play guitar for 20 minutes, laundry, buy a car battery. Planned someday release. I'm releasing a new song. June Sunday? 9th. Oh, cool. Um, we'll link, we'll yeah, link that in the video. Yeah, just these letters. And sometimes it'll be like um, things I need to get done musically, things I need to get done for life, things I need to get do before the baby comes or mm. all that stuff. And uh, I just make lists. And uh, look, here's – this is a song that I started writing yesterday. Oh, my God. It's on the same sticky pad. Yeah, and then Casey goes insane, dude. You'll find these all over the place. Here's another similar list: wash, <laughs> car, drop off. Uh, I like mail. how you. I like how you star it instead of like a normal <laughs> check or a normal. It's just like like you, like you're, you're the man. Like you just want to star. I've never seen that. Superstar, superstar. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. So um, you just that's all you done. me get things done. Mm. Helps me get things done. I don't know. My way, my brain works so good like this. Yeah. Kissy thinks I'm insane. <laughs> but now it's rubbing off on her though. I'm a crazy person. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. But now, but now it's kind of rubbing off on her, and she's kind of doing the same thing. You kind of said that. Yeah. Right? What? Or just writing stuff down on, on sticky notes too, as well. Or she's not a fan of that. She just thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> she just thinks. She's like, how is that the most efficient way to do it? <laughs> <laughs> but it works, though. And I think that, that there's something very important about that is that, you, like, like you said, you know that that works for best for you. And so you're yeah. going to do that because that's how you operate. Yeah. That's freaking insane. So, Michael, talking now, you, you just kind of gave a little foreshadowing. You kind of said it. Just You're releasing. So you're starting to write music now. I don't know if it's a full-on album or is it a single or what's, what's happening on June 9th, if you can fill us in. So I stopped doing music like how many years ago and then like seven years later, I dropped a song a month ago. Mm-hmm. He said, she said, and uh, I recorded that song and then I recorded another song and that song is called Someday. And uh, so Someday is going to be out on the June 9th. So that's like in like a couple weeks. Cool. Um, it's a single, but I think it's like one of my favorite songs that I've ever done because uh, I don't know. It's very much, like, you'll hear me, like, I don't know, the song's just very me. Yeah. I guess. It's very storytelling. It's a, it's a, you know, a song that I was just, was sitting there, wrote this guitar part, finished out the whole thing, wrote the lyrics, and uh, it's nostalgic, I guess you could say, um, but there's a nice beat to it. And uh, it's it's really the like my breakup song. It's like mm. purely a breakup song. Yeah, this is my like breakup anthem, <laughs> like that I've been through personally. Like all the breakups I've ever been through, this is like 
right there. <clears throat> the coolest thing about this song is, I mean, it's not the coolest, but I don't, I've always wanted to tell someone this, but I guess this is the perfect time. There it is. Is that like, I was contacted by a uh, person from in Korea to write a song for a Korean drama. Oh. It's like, they said, hey, we, uh, we want you to, you know, maybe be able to write us a song. Um, and if we, uh, if we like it, we'll uh, use it as the original soundtrack. So it could have, like, I guess it could have gotten to be, like, wow. the song of a show. And they said, we want it to be a m mellow, happy, summer-type feel. Like, the sound is happy and summer vibes but we want the story and lyrics of the song to be complete sad love story type concept. So I wrote it, I was like, dude, that's right up my alley. I wrote the song in like a week. And <clears throat> I was like, dude, this is perfect. I, I, everyone that I had listened to, it was like, yo, summer vibes, happy, hopeful sounding, really like, I don't know, pretty, um, just, you know, pretty sounding. And the lyrics was just like, we're done, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but we're done. We can't be together. That, mm. That's the song that it was. And I, they basically, I guess it wasn't good enough because I just, they just, I just never heard back from them. Mm. Got ghosted, like straight <laughs> up, like left on red. And I was like, show. <laughs> that's cool, though, because, I mean, you know, it'd be like that. Life be crazy. And mm. they said, basically, no. I wish they'd have said, like, nah, dog, like, nah. But <laughs> I just didn't even <laughs> hear anything. Yeah. Unless it got lost in my email or something. But pretty sure I just, they just weren't into it. Anyways, <laughs> um, I was like, fuck it. I'm just, I got a song out of it. Mm. Um, so that comes out on, yeah, June 9th. And I'm nice. so stoked about well, where, it. Where, where on? What, what, what platforms are you going to be releasing on? We'll, we'll link that in the description. Um. <laughs> it'll, it'll be it'll be everywhere but i guess the main thing that people use today is spotify and uh um itunes or apple music and mm -hmm. amazon but it's everywhere you can even just like go listen to it on youtube or wherever it's also all of the international i guess like in korea they have a thing called melon mm -hmm. and over here we have you know everyone shares but those it's just everywhere Everywhere yeah. in the world, worldwide, it'll just be there. But yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to be putting out new music again. No, I'm definitely excited. And we'll have to, you know, uh, you'll have to let me know like more info so I can include that, you know, in there for sure. I did want to ask, and this is something that that kind of just popped into my head, but that difference of creating for yourself with complete and utter freedom to do whatever, and then writing for someone else, because it's similar to me when I have to put on a production or I have to choreograph for a school or to choreograph for a studio and things are no, asked I'm not feeling way. that. I'm not feeling that. You know that. what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so I, I, it's, it, it's a different challenge working with constraints and then it's a different challenge with having absolute freedom. So if you can just speak light on just what it's like creating for both spaces, maybe pros and cons and things that you enjoy about both and things that you don't like about both. That's, that was so hard to talk about because honestly, I haven't really how to like adhere to other people's I've kind of always got to do whatever I want mm -hmm. like even in Korea they were like oh you should probably shave your face and put on makeup and stuff I was like nah <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't but then I think I actually did once I started getting a little sweaty got a little bit of powder on the nose <laughs> look at that shiny forehead <laughs> but yeah it's being being able to adapt to uh, uncomfortable situations I think probably the most important thing in life um so it obviously it translates into uh trying to be creative for yourself and for other people like when you're dancing you you'd be a part of a bigger picture and they could be able to say what they like and what they don't like and how yeah. they want you to do certain things is that what you're talking about yeah just i mean just and, and it can be kind of anything up that avenue right it doesn't have to be specifically about that but just that difference of when you just write for you and then when you know you're writing for someone else or you're like kind of auditioning or writing for something else that isn't really yeah. just you. you know what I'm saying? I, would, I guess at that point, I would be happy to provide my services as a songwriter. And I would just also just make sure that 
the I guess you could call it the uh, the partnership or the client that they're happy. Um, so if I have to give up a little bit of myself uh, to uh, you know succumb to the person that I'm working with, I would love to keep that. You know, obviously in uh, good good terms, good vibes, and uh, um, just kind of make everybody happy. So. Yeah, no, that's a great situation. That's a, a weird one, but I, yeah. I want to put my own flavor into it, but uh, you know, still make sure that it's a collaborative effort. I think, I think you just don't really know until you get put in that situation. Yeah. And I don't have like a ton of success working with other. Like I said, I haven't really molded to anybody. Really, yeah. just kind of did whatever I want this whole time. Um, but. Jesse, I've talked to Jesse about this. Okay. And uh, he is a guy that, you know, someone could just show up on a Monday morning and be like, I want to put out an album and I have some ideas, but I haven't written anything. And at that point, he becomes the songwriter, co songwriter, and the producer. And to have someone come in that's just like, yo, I'm a hip hop artist. And then on that Monday after that, it's like someone comes in and wants to do a whole folk country album <laughs> so the important thing is to be able to you know uh open obviously um open mind is important and everything that especially when you're trying to be creative and uh i guess uh studying you know educating yourself on basically anything you don't know yeah um and uh try not to be forceful I don't, if something's not forced, I feel like, I feel like if I was a producer and someone, you know, you just know it's not going to work. <laughs> it's like, I just, hey, I'm not the producer for you. Or I think, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's going to work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't, you can't try and force something. Um, I definitely believe in that. I don't feel like anything good comes out of something that doesn't feel right. No, absolutely. I think that's something that a lot of people that even that don't know you as, as well as I do is appreciate about you, even from afar is just, you've like you're just completely unapologetically who you are for who you are and and i think that that's something especially in like the entertainment industry is um um people tend to to tie up and kind of strain up a little bit more than they probably normally are and i've always appreciated that about you so i love that that even translates to you as like in terms of like when you're working you're like nah i'm not really the one for you <laughs> like just straight up like you like you like, you're really you're about that process um kind of looking overall music has taken you a long way and it's obviously been a significant part of your life and you kind of said this earlier in talking about that love-hate relationship with music um and you're kind of back to writing now so where are you currently at with your relationship and your feelings towards music now um let's see i definitely have a nine to five job but i kind of got lucky on that because I work, uh, I work a job where I get to play guitar uh, for like the entire day. Um, I do quality control at a guitar company here in San Diego. And yeah, my job is literally to just like make sure they sound good and they're ready for the customer. They're clean, spotless. And I love doing it. Actually, I'm super crafty. I, I, I love doing things with my hands and building stuff. And that's mm-hmm. how I grew up doing a lot of that stuff. And so this is kind of a right up my alley. I, I, I get to dress the way I want. I get to, you know, the pay is fine. The pay is really good for what I'm doing. It's like, yeah. just, you know, something that I can, I, 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 throughout music, you kind of do appreciate once you have a steady uh, paycheck, especially if like, you know, music stuff for sure. Um, so to be able to, I don't know, at the job that I'm at, I, I can definitely play music all day. I can write songs and, and uh, still get basically knock two birds out with one stone. Plus, you know, I feel secure um, at its crazy time in life. Uh, so, yeah, I would say I'm, I still, I, I, I realize that I don't, I can do both. You know, I can still mm-hmm. try and do music on the side. I don't want to be having to do music 100%. Like, having that same stride but at the same time if if i could get away with paying you know everything that i need to pay for with just music 
I would gladly leave the job. Um, but right now, we're on the way. You know what I mean? And uh, everybody's timeline is different. Um, I know exactly what my goals are. And it's like, hey, if I can get my plays like worldwide to this number, I can get rid of this job. And or say if like if I can get this many views or this many uh, streams on this platform during this amount of time, and uh, if it just shows all the right things, then um, you know, obviously that would be like the dream to be a dancer. I don't know, it, yeah. would it be like yo, I danced for Justin Bieber or I danced for BTS on their tour, or isn't that like would be a, like a pretty reputable achievement for a dancer? No, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it's like yo, I can't believe they're dancing and they've got kids and they've got a house and they're paying bills. Mm. How do they do that? And they're just dancers. It's like, I think they just fucking work their asses off and in, in, in their map and their, their road to uh, success was just, it's just different. It's mm. just different than everyone else's. But I do, I do 100% believe that if you focus all of your uh, uh, attention and, 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 and love for something like that, it will happen, but it just happens in a different way. Mm. So like success for me, obviously in music would be, yeah, dude, you, you just, you're fine. You're financially stable. Everything's taken care of. All you have to do is like, just worry about making music. It's not there yet, but I know like, we can get it there. Um, but right now I can play music and get a paycheck and continue to put out songs and uh, do everything that I need to with a job that supports my music and vice versa. Absolutely. And I, I kind of just want to add to that too, because that's, that's something that when I started to, that, that kind of really affected how I was navigating. Like, how does that affect you? Like you have a stable pay and now you're able to just make music with a free mind, as opposed to if you were trying to make it happen and just pushing that, and like you're now thinking about yeah. money too like how how has that like helped Dude, clarity that, in your mind the world is so that that world is so stressful of figuring out how you're going to be able to pay like who's gonna want to marry me if i'm just like not making money but i, I think mm. this is what i want to do and and uh you know that's something that everyone's trying to figure out together like all these so many dancers and musician friends that i know now like some of them just working at the most random places, but then everything that I post about is still that their passion, you know, like there's just, it's like I said, everyone's going to go through it in a different way. And success is going to be totally different things for um, all different people. But uh, can you remind me what was the second part of your question? I just want to like really nail that one. Yeah, no, just, just, just that idea of working, you know, you have you have that stable income and so you're able to create like you don't have to just rely on creating to to yeah money yeah, so you know yeah. what i'm saying so that's where it went, went back <laughs> okay i went back um okay it's it's like you need a little bit of something on the side too it's like the fucking in and out burger is so good but it's like if someone handed me a burger and there wasn't like a coke in the in the little white like white cup with the palm trees and like the sauce dripping everywhere and like the <laughs> fries on the side that burger is like just i you know it's, yeah. just, it's just whatever so it's like if you if i've got my day job and then i can focus my you know basically i think i broke it up like yeah i've got a nine to five the nine to five pays the bills mm. but the five till i don't know i guess sleep time <laughs> uh is the you know is the vision uh, you know where you would focus uh, that time on and that's still plenty of time people are saying um yeah i'm tired after work though but then it's like that person that's in you know their bedroom right now dealing with all the same issues it's like probably just gonna power it out and do whatever it takes mm. whereas like uh you know i'm an excuse maker all the time i'm just like you know what? i'm tired I just wanted Netflix for an entire week <laughs> and, and I do that. And I think that's important too, because like 
you know, when you walk in a straight line towards that thing, you're just going to, you're going to burn out. You got to like, you know, stop at the fucking AM, PM. Got to hit the in and out on the way, you know what I'm saying? Maybe just like, just park the whip and look at the, the camera. I mean, like look at the sunset, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Take some photos. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it's important that a little something on the side. We got to have, we got to come up with a name for that because yeah. everything is good with, with, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's important to have that. No, absolutely. Oh man, that's amazing. Well, I just, I also did want to ask you real quick too, just, um, you know, you're recently married. It's been in, you know, going on two and a half, three years now and, and you have, you know, expecting a baby. And so what's, what's that kind of been like? It's a huge pivot point in your life. Man, just, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm a little bit scared. Hmm. We don't know if it's a boy or girl. Yeah. Um, we're not going to, we decided to try to like not, not find out until the baby actually comes out. Mm. So we don't know what he or she is yet. Um, so there's, the, there's that like anxiety right there. Yeah. It's like, I like that feeling though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy. I'm, I just wanted to, I just want it to be healthy and I want it to bring mm. happiness to everybody. Mm. Um, that's what's important. Uh, but it's just kind of interesting um, in, you know, with what's going on in the world right now, we've got, I mean, I feel like the pandemic of COVID was like the craziest thing to happen uh, in our lifetime, maybe. Yeah. It's definitely like contender or like, uh, you Expecting know, everyone, on, sure. on that list of like global crazy shits to go down. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, now within our country, we've basically got uh, a war, uh, a war going on. Yeah, I don't. It's I, yeah. You really could call it call it that. I don't. I don't. I don't know how uh, that's all going to shake out. Obviously, talking about the Black Lives Matter deal. Yeah. Um. So 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 much to so much to be you know trying to educate yourself and trying to figure out what's what's right in your position all that stuff is crazy um right now i know that i'm going to bring a baby into the world in like a month or two maybe three yeah. right now and uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's during an interesting time so obviously you know you people are like pretty germophobic about their baby yeah like when they come out with when there wasn't like this whole pandemic um and so yeah that's definitely been on my mind we also have like a lot of you know race racial controversy happening yeah and uh, i just i just want it to be as safe as a possible experience um i'm not even allowed into our doctor meetings like casey goes in there and uh, was so when we heard the heartbeat and all that i was like just facetiming in the parking lot oh my god i think right now no one's allowed in the delivery room but I think they may have changed it where just the husbands allowed. So we don't really know what's up yet. We're kind of just rolling. Well, well hopefully, 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 hopefully. Um, Michael, I did want to wrap up and ask you um, something to kind of just think back from the beginning and just knowing using your narrative and, and, and music and being a creative and truly creating, you know, wonderful life for yourself. Um, I want you to kind of go back to, and think back to 13, 14 year old Michael or a 13, 14 or whoever's tuning in and listening. And especially whether it's navigating in this crazy world that we live in now or the, the world that we grew up in um, through all the experiences, all the people you've met, all the adversities you overcome, what would you say, what would you want to share to that 13 or 14 year old uh, version of you? Yeah. That's like a loaded question. I feel like I need it in writing so I can like <laughs> really focus on it. Speak to your 13, 14 year old self. What would you say to them? Um, let's see, what was that? What grade are you in when you're 14? Eighth grade? Eighth, ninth grade, yeah. Starting high school? Let's see, I would tell 14 year old me that uh, you're doing all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I guess, I guess I'm kind of a pessimist, uh, a realist, I would say. And um, I don't think that I was 
super uh, happy and bright and outgoing and super fun when I was that age. I think I was like short and insecure Filipino kid, like just kind of was shy or more shy than I guess people would say, uh, knowing me now. But I would I would tell him to, uh, I, I, this is kind of like, I feel like this is kind of like, what would you change? You know what I mean? Because I would tell, I could be, I, I could tell Michael, like, don't do that shit. <laughs> or I, could, I could be like, you know, don't waste your time with this or that. Or, but I, I guess, what, I guess, what would you want to hear in terms of like that question? No, just, I mean, what, what, what would you tell them? It doesn't have to be anything necessarily going to change things, but just what would you want to tell your, 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 yourself? Now, everything you've learned now, say it wouldn't change anything, but just what words of encouragement or just like wisdom you'd want to share with yourself. Um, it yeah. wouldn't change anything, but just- I think I, think, I think I get that. I would tell him to uh, make sure to uh, thank everyone, uh, everyone that ever comes through uh, your life and helps you in any way. Because uh, I feel like all we are is really um, a, a small part of everyone around us. Yeah. And um, I know that uh, whatever decisions that I made today is largely, or the decisions that got me where I am today is largely because of the people that I've been with throughout that time. Absolutely. So uh, I would love just to say thank you to all the people that, you know, we uh, crossed paths with, even if it's like, you know, not as uh not as common anymore or you know just know that uh hello people love you and uh uh that to show your appreciation and uh your thanks because uh really none of us ain't shit without like our homies and our family so mm. uh, i think i'm so happy to have the friends and the family that i do and uh um it's helped me in every single part of life so yeah tell the people that you uh, love that you love them and you're thankful for them that's huge it's important thank you so much well we're gonna stay on for this michael um but i just want to say um so just stay on um but i just want to close this episode by just saying thank you for giving us your time and shedding light on your narrative um and your story and your journey uh through music and how it's brought you to this place and has given you life and your soon-to-be father is going to be amazing. I'm a soon-to-be uncle, so definitely excited <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, yeah. But just thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate you for sharing and shedding light um, on your journey. And um, I know that you'll inspire one, if not many people that you know listen to this. So thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Yes. All right, so we're going to stay on. Um, but you guys, thank you so much for listening and tuning in to the Of Like Minds video podcast, episode 11. We will catch you guys later. See you, Michael. <laughs>